Let me moderate that caucus is a Tanraj Dule and Sanya Tahir production. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Let Me Moderate That Caucus with Tanraj Dule and Sanya Tahir. This week we have a very special episode for you, part three of Avatar The Last Airbender. I don't think it's special once we do three of them when we only have like 16 episodes out in total. Uh, this is going to be our 14th episode, so that means we have quite a bit of Avatar. No, but it's not even our first. This is going to be no, our 16th. we're number 16, yeah. That's okay, right. our 16th episode of Avatar. I love that. I love that. Yay. I don't know how I've been gaslit into doing three episodes on Avatar. And then he wants to do more episodes on Legend of Korra. I'm just oh, we, can, like, we can wait a bit before we do Legend of Korra. Oh, honey, I'm not doing it right after this. Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot. Okay, so the thing I need to say before we begin is that last... What? You have something to say? No, no. I love these tangent beginnings of our of our podcast episodes. Okay, so last night I just finished the second Rise of Kyoshi book, the last of the Kyoshi series. And they're going to have a Yang Chen series coming out this summer, or the first mm-hmm. of that book. And the things that I want from that, first, I want them to show Yang Chen's like being revealed as the avatar. Because out of the ones that we've seen, the only proper revealed avatar that we've seen is Roku, when it's his birthday and they come up and they're like, avatar Roku, and they bow down to him. For Aang, he didn't get that. For Korra, she didn't get a proper like 16th birthday thing. For- to be fair, she like up and ran, so. Like- I know, but still. Mm, okay. And like, Kyoshi didn't get that at all. She was freaking traumatized into believing she was the Avatar. <laughs> I want to see Yang Chen get a proper thing because I feel like the Air Nomads in regular time they would do like a festival to celebrate the new Avatar since they're very spiritual. Wait, hold on. Yang Chen was the Air Avatar that was like, sometimes you got to k- kill people, dude, right? Yeah, sometimes you have to forgo your spiritual duty and for the word needs of the world. Like sometimes you have to make choices to Aang. And she, choices, choices, choices. She she described as very benevolent in the Kyoshi books, and you can see that in the way that she treats Aang. She's like young Airbender. You have to you have to let everything go. And then, what the other thing that I want is I want her to show how she reconciles her beliefs with how she becomes an avatar. Mm-hmm. I feel like it would be more interesting than with Aang because Aang has that like pressure of he's the last airbender but I feel like for her or any of the other air avatars it would be that kind of thing where like they really have to reconcile with it Mm -hmm. yes Yes. I don't have anything to add I agree yeah that's the those are the things I want and also she has two lemur she has two of the flying lemurs two of them yeah in the comics Momo Momo was enough trouble for one whole ass group (laughs) Got no, two? because in the in the comic with Yang Chen like talking to Aang, it's shown that she has one flying bison and two lemurs as her companions. She'd be greedy. She has friends. She'd be greedy. She didn't have people friends, did she? So she had to like replace them with. <laughs> she did. She was a loner. Yeah, and I also want to see how she reconciled because it's shown that she is very like not very spiritual, like or that she doesn't really respect. But. I thought you couldn't have the air bending without the spiritual spirituality of it. No, like How- she is spiritual, but she prefers humans to spirits. Like that's her entire issue oh, in her okay. reign as Avatar, where she, in conflicts between humans and spirits, she would side with humans. And- I feel like that's fair. I mean. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And like she became very loved among humans, but spirits hate her. 
And then mm. they tried to kill Quirk many a time, and then he died, and humans hated him because they didn't know that he was fighting spirits all the time. So that's the conflict of the God. Why wouldn't he just tell them? Like, um, hey, y'all, so... Because he wanted to maintain Yang Chen's legacy because she was still very respected by a lot of people and, like, her name relied on a lot of, like, important laws that have ever passed in a lot of things. So if I mean, you I were... feel like that's the ultimate self-sacrifice. Like, I'll let my name be dragged through the mud so that yours isn't. Yeah, and Kyoshi fucking, fucking hates him throughout both books. She's like, Quirk was such an idiot. He left this. He had, was friends with such bad people and stuff like that. And then at the end, Yang Chen comes to him and like, Quirk wasn't that bad. Calm down, bitch. <laughs> Have a little respect for your forefathers. Or father, one. She respects all the other avatars, except for Quirk. <laughs> Okay, getting back on topic. Back this on topic. week, our far- part three, our final part, is, is, is a little more serious than last week. We're not going to be discussing any incestuous... Well, we might. We might. It's not going to be the main part of it, though. Um, this week, we're going to be discussing the themes of Avatar, and there are quite a few. There, there is quite a few. Quite a few. There's a lot of people. Okay, um, actually, okay. before we get started, I have one more oh thing I want to say. Okay. I have one more thing I want to say. Okay, I've been recently getting a lot of discussions about After the Last Airbender in their South Asian representation, and I need to make it known that a lot of the things in Avatar come from South Asia. Right. I need to say that, because a lot of people will say, no, it's based off East Asia. I'm like, no. Yes, there is things based off East Asia, but a lot of the philosophical things, such as chakras, avatars themselves... And certain parts of the spirituality displayed come from South Asia and Hinduism and all that. And I need yes. the white fans of the show to stop associating those things simply with East Asia. Yes. Yeah. No, yeah, I noticed that on my casual watch of the show. That's yeah. not a hard thing. I know, but, but like, to find. we have a different view of that. But yeah, I just want to say that because like there was this one person... There's this one lady on TikTok who said avatar, which is the traditional Sanskrit pronunciation of the word. And everyone's like, oh, why are you pronouncing it like that? This is weird. And the show is avatar. And she started talking about how, like, yeah, the show co-opted a word from Hinduism that means something. And, like, all these people are getting mad at her. Like, they didn't mean it in the spiritual way. I'm like, first of all, yes, they did. The show meant it in the spiritual way. And she, people were being like, no, they mean it in, like, the way that the game, like, an avatar in a game. And she was like, yeah, that's also co-opted from Hinduism. That's the root of the word. Oh, lordy lord. All right. So, yes. Um, no, yeah. They, they had a bunch of influences from Asia in general. Yes. A pan, it's Pan-Asianism. Written Is it by Pan-Asian? T- I can't. I, I, know, like, I didn't. I feel like it okay. could be argued to be Pan-Asian. Yeah, that's fair. And I can. It's Pan-Asianism written by two white guys. And I feel like that's something that a lot of people have to maintain in their brain about Avatar. Like that I think is they part did... of it. They did a good job. I'm not saying that they didn't, but you have to maintain that point of view that was written by two white men, or created by two white men. Oh, absolutely. Not yeah. that not that I disrespect or dislike those two white men. They're very good at what they did, but we have to maintain that when we're talking about Asian representation within the show. I absolutely agree. I'm 100% with you on this. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the first and uh, perhaps. The, the the first thing that we're introduced to i even think like this not that the list is in chronological order but this is the first <laughs> theme that we're introduced to is genocide 
yes, with Aang being the last airbender and that's in the title of the show, Aang is the only survivor of a major genocide of his people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, okay. So I want to just, hmm, okay. So when they go to the air temple and it's like, yeah, he knows but he's still holding out hope that he's not the very last. And then he goes and he sees the skeleton of what I think we're we're supposed to insinuate to be um what was what was the Monkeyato, his master, Monkeyato, the one yeah. who raised him. Yeah, we're we're supposed to assume that that's who that was. Um can I just say for that to have been in like what was it, the second the, the third, third episode, episode, third episode, the third episode of this children's show was uh, like, I, I watched it at what, 16, 17, and I was like, this is kind of dumb. But if I had seen that as a child. Mm. Oh, mama, you have no idea. That was heartbreaking <laughs> for me to see little baby Aang, who was my age when I was watching it, seeing the skeleton of oh, someone God. that he loved and adored. And like to see this monk skeleton it was very hard hitting. Because and it it's still not is. Even, it's not even that he's dead. It's that his body was just left there. Yeah, like he didn't get the burial rites that I'm assuming Aang would have wanted for his master. Yeah, whatever, whatever the ritual would have been, he didn't get that. And you know, I have to assume he's not the only body there, just the only one that Aang had a reaction to. I'm guessing that if it was written as an adult show, Avatar, not that I want it to be, but he would have seen many a skeleton through his walk in the temple. Yeah, it would have just been littered. And then, and honestly, I like, I'm just, I'm thinking about it. Like, I kind of wish that as he had picked up the skeleton, it just crumbled. No! <laughs> no, 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 no. I feel like it would have been hard hitting for the audience because we know that there was children at each of the air temples. Like, they were being trained as ch- children there. It would have been so sad if he saw, like, his friend's skeletons. Like, his friend's. The little kids that he was playing airball with, even though they were mean to him at the very end, but they were his friends. It was just, I, as as like an older person watching the show when it's not for my demographic, yeah, I wanted more out of that scene. But just to think about and put myself in the shoes of what would have been a child watching that scene, that was incredibly intense and a very um, I want to say progress, like, but a very out of the box step for the type of <laughs> it was for nickelodeon to be showing the skeleton of a man then they refused to show a girl a kiss a between two women four <laughs> years later i can't i'm sorry i can't mm. okay we're done uh, my point is being that that's one of the like the little things like that is one of the reasons that it made it watchable for even you know older people that weren't in the mm-hmm. demographic that it was targeted to just because you know you you can then like sit there and think deeper about what it actually means to see everyone and everything you ever knew to be wiped out and to feel like you are quite literally the only one of your kind left on the planet. Which I wonder if animals that are going extinct know that they're going extinct and that they're like one of five left on the planet. I feel like they wouldn't know simply because they are not globalized like we are. That's fair. But also I feel like they wouldn't know if there was like other of their species in other places so i feel like if you were the last of your specific like say belugas in the st lawrence river they are diminishing as a species i feel like if you were the last beluga in the 
St. Lawrence River, you would be knowing, even though you're not the last beluga in the world, that's the last of that specific strain of belugas. So I feel like yeah. you would be, they, that would be a very hard experience for that beluga. It's got to be so sad. Yeah, belugas. Save the baby belugas. Baby beluga. I have to say that beluga, since I just said it a lot, doesn't sound like a word anymore to me. I don't think it ever does. It's just, it's, it's a very weird beluga. It's a type of whale for those of you who don't. Yes, Baby Beluga is a song for little kids. Yeah. Sorry, the and only the only little kid songs I know about like Alu and Gobi. I also want to say, what did the mechanist do about the skeletons of the other air monks that would have been at the Northern Temple? Did he sacralize those? I'm betting he did. He probably used their bones for something. Used it for fire. Freaking. But. I bet he did because he was. Hey, where fine. were where were they originally? From. they were what the from the earth kingdom yeah i mean okay i bet he now, would have like sacralized those air bender bones that he saw but and, maybe to him it wasn't sacrilegious maybe like for him it was dead body they could, anyone no, no. abusing I mean, a dead body is inherently sacrilegious give me upon a humanity. second give me a second some people hold the belief that you use like for example when like i remember when i was reading about um indigenous people back like way before we ever set foot like when they would kill an animal they would use every part of the body yeah they still do yeah what's to say they don't you know do the same for humans maybe that's not like sacrilegious that's just we continue like being thankful and worshiping them and like not worshiping but like being grateful for their value long after you know this is how we remember them or something i don't know you, they didn't know them they didn't know those air monks that they used the bones of that well they can remember the the concept of a people that were that are now wiped out and uh, they weren't remembering the concept the of those people they weren't they were destroying the traditional the traditional temple of those people they were they were colonizers. They were That's poor. called progress, babe. They were gone. It's not like they took something from someone. I feel like they did. It, nobody was there to use it. It was, but it was not their responsibility. It was not their decision to make about that temple. Who would they have asked? Uh, no one. You'd leave it alone. Why? It's perfectly good space. Space that they needed. Did they need it? Did they? Well, if we were to live, bro. You're telling me that those refugees, the only place in the entire Earth Kingdom where they could have gone was the fucking Air Temple. Well, maybe they just, they wanted a... Look, I don't know about, like, I, I don't, I never had a problem with that because I was just sitting there like, okay, they are gone. It's not mm-hmm. like they've taken something from someone. They haven't kicked anybody out of their homes, you know? they're gone maybe they did bury the bodies maybe like they dug a mass grave or something i don't worse <laughs> how is that worse they're like throwing them off the side i feel like the the intention of a mass grave is okay just... maybe they like bones or i don't know made a bone soup i don't know soup soup <laughs> first of all those bones are like they've been there for like a hundred years if you made soup out of that you're gonna die it's <laughs> Soup. <laughs> oh, oh god <laughs> i feel like no the person that should have made that decision would be gorapathic okay he why why he was, is he now in charge of all the air benders all the air people's he was legacy he, he was a spiritual brother to their people he i feel like he had Aang not survived would have been the inheritor of that culture 
he would have known because he would have known how to deal with their rights of funerary processes. Okay. Maybe and I'm betting that, that when I... he arrived at the Western Air Temple, he made it so it was clean. He properly disposed of the nuns' bodies that were there. He respected them. He didn't destroy the He's sacred artwork. one old, pale man. What could he possibly have done? He just threw him off the side and said, God no. be with you. Because I'm pretty sure they would have done cremation, because that's a thing. So I feel like he okay, could have... Okay, so there's no reason that these people didn't do cremation. Maybe they just, like, uh, you they know, were they were random. bonfire and like throw the skeleton. They were random Earth Kingdom peasants. I don't think they know what cremation is. Okay, but cremation is the fastest way. Honestly, like it's the fastest and the easiest. Especially when he had an um uh, a son who like couldn't walk or and things like a son who couldn't walk, which means that realistically it would have been only the dad and like whoever else he brought with him like I don't think all those people were there initially I think it was just him and his dad initially and then other people came in or maybe it's all of them I don't know no because but- he because in the, in the episode it's him and he's like I need to find a place for my family to live blah 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 so then he's like oh I'm gonna go climb that giant mountain that people can only travel to using an air bison somehow he climbed that mountain and he was like yeah this is a perfect place for home dead bodies are everywhere perfect place for my son he brought a broom, okay? He cleaned it up. I'm just saying. If I'm sorry, was but there I don't. I don't. It, I don't respect the mechanist. But if nobody was there to use it, why? Why just let it go to waste? Why yes. not adapt it? I feel like yeah, but he could have done it in a much more respectful way. You don't know that he didn't. Maybe he was as respectful as he knew to be. I feel like he put pipes through people's faces. Like on the murals, that's just disrespectful. Yeah, it's a little bad. And but he then literally again, he I, didn't know who those people were. I feel like I feel like he sh- he knew that the air nomads were genocided. Everyone did, and I feel like you have to have a certain respect for that culture that maintained the balance of the world. That the balance was gone because the air vendors were gone. So I feel like he would have to maintain some sort of respect towards that culture. I don't know, maybe I'm just not, uh, like, able to, like, I don't know, maybe just because I don't know what it is for, like, a people to be, like, to to be genocided like that. Is genocided a verb? I don't know. Yeah, I believe it would be a verb. Okay, but I, I just, I don't see the point of just letting this empty grave, like, making that whole temple a grave to these people. They, they, like, in my opinion, the airbenders would not have wanted that. They wouldn't have wanted, like, what was once their home, like a light, lovely place to just be left full of dead bodies yeah, for, but until I don't, the end of time. But I don't think they would have wanted it to be such a monument to what was the antithesis of their culture. But I think it's it's both. It's it's a it's it describes like who these people were. It describes that, and it also describes the resilience and of 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 the earthbenders in the face of all of the war that was going on i don't think it because he really made it the antithesis of what the airbender stood for not only was he destroying their art their traditional art he was creating weapons for the fire nation within their temple first of all weaponry is bad weaponry is not something in their culture they are pacifists they do not have weapons for the sake of weapons second of all the firebenders were the ones who committed genocide against them that's kind of I think that's the antithesis of their being of the of the monks who live there that's fair I forgot about that 
I did forget about this. So that's that. why I don't respect the mechanist. I don't. It's a little bad. And also, I'm going to point out, the Avatar statue room, he was using... The, so where did he put those statues? Did he just destroy them? Grind them up? What happened there? What happened there? I don't know. Because it wasn't only air Avatars in that room. It was every Avatar, so he was just fucking them all. He's probably getting haunted at night by freaking airbender bones and the Avatars. The bones dancing in his sleep. He's getting haunted oh by that temple. Okay. I can agree that, like, he maybe went to an extreme and the way that he chose to support, you know, his lifestyle by making weapons for the firebenders was disrespectful. I can agree about all that. But I think the basic concept of them inhabiting... Oh, yeah, they can inhabit the temple. But he was being very, he was being very disrespectful that I feel like anyone could have seen that was disrespectful of the temple. Even the changes he was making, I don't totally disagree with. Like, but the, the ways he, the, the ways the, he yeah. was going about them, like putting them through these murals of people and their faces, That's he could have easily put it to the left, right, right beside him. But he went through the monk's face, and That's also fair. the statues when he was building his bathhouse, he was destroying right through the statues. He could have moved those statues. He has earthbenders; they can move the statue to somewhere else. That's fair. I don't disagree with that. Yeah. But yeah. And also, why did he use his weapons with binders and go to Omashu? I'm pretty sure King Bumi would have been like, yeah, you're building weapons. Great. Wartime. Fun. That's fair. Oh, I'm sure that there's like other things he could have built. It didn't have to be weapons. I agree that like the the weapon and the war industry is one of the most lucrative. We know that. But like, you didn't need to be making bags and bags of gold. Yeah, he, he's living in a temple. Come on, what are you doing? You're not doing anything. Yeah, he could have gone to any number of Earth Kingdom cities. He could have gone to the Northern Water Tribe. That's closer to where he was, apparently. He could have gone to the Northern Water Tribe, built some weaponry there. Come on, dude, there's plenty of places he could have gone. They were so involved in the war. I, I feel like they would have been had they had the weaponry. They would have been like, okay, let's oh, go. now he's so defensive of the Northern Water Tribe. Okay. I hate the Northern Water Tribe, but I feel like they would have done something had they had the resources. That's fair. Because you're not trying to get involved in a war where you know your ass is about to be whooped. Yeah, but I think no amount of weapons changes that necessarily. Yeah, but I feel like the entire advantage that the Fire Nation had was that they were industrialized. That's fair. So I feel like if... And I feel like it makes sense that the Northern Water Tribe wouldn't get involved because they were not being involved by the Fire Nation. So they're like, okay, we're going to defend ourselves. Sorry, Earth Kingdom. Sorry, Southern Water Tribe, but we're going to defend ourselves. But I feel like if they got that little edge, they would have been like, okay, maybe we can send some troops. We can provide resources to help this poor. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. But that's, yeah. That's my issue with the mechanist. Mm. I don't, I take issue with like a little bit of the mechanist, but in general, what they were doing, I don't necessarily have a problem with. But also, I feel like it's they simply, were not, I don't think they were victims of the war, like the, of the they war weren't in victims the same of the war. way. Yeah. They, so, they, they were not victims of the war. They were appropriating a struggle. I don't. Geez. They were victims of a flood. Okay, you're earthbenders. Build a new village. Come on. So I think maybe it just didn't mean that much to them. You know, they were secured and safe. Like it's, it's that concept of out of, out of sight, out of mind. They didn't see any of it. They didn't really understand any of it. They weren't a part of it. They weren't really affected by it. So they just, whatever made them money, you know? Yeah. I feel like that's still bullshit. 
Mm. I don't know. I, I, I can sympathize with them a little more than you, apparently. I don't sympathize with them. I sympathize with, like, Teo and all the kids that were there and, like, some of the adults, but not with the mechanist. The mechanist is an asshole. I, mm, I just, I think that when you're in a position that you have to make decisions for your child and that child has special needs and you don't have anywhere to take them and you don't have anything that you can provide them with, you know, money-wise, and you need to make quick money fast. Okay, the Fire Nation is not quick money because you said the Fire Nation found them. So that means like they weren't like actively, like the Fire Nation found them at this temple. And he was like, well, okay, if a job it. lands in your lap, you're saying no? Uh, I'm saying leave the temple. Be like, okay, I'm not going to help this war that's literally destroying my kingdom. Maybe the fire people would have killed them then. The fire people would have killed them. So then what? They're, you're telling me they should have died rather than take No, a job? they should have left the temple. Then go where? This was their home. No, it was not. They made it their home. They could have gone to Bossing State. They could have gone to Gowland. They could have gone to any number of places that were participating in the war effort. That know, could have acted as, as strongholds for them. But I, I think that if their options, if the Fire Nation approached them and said, either make weapons for us or die, I would be like, okay, cool, I'll make the weapon. Yeah, make the weapon. You say, need... say you're going to make the weapons, then ditch. Don't start Why? actually making weapons. I don't think, but that's not their fight. They don't have any necessarily, like, any, you know, particular weight in that fight. I think they but do. We, we, we said that the war didn't affect them. I think we While they in, were in the, hmm? I think inherently as people of the Earth Kingdom, they have a weight in this fight. That might be fair. I don't know. If someone approached me and was like, either you can die or make me weapons, and even if I didn't agree with them, I would probably say, yeah, okay, I'll do the job. Yeah, you say that and then you leave. I would probably do the job. You would you you with your lack my of options, me- my your options lack were of mechanical death. minding. You would okay me. if they said write propaganda speeches. Okay, I could do that. Okay. If yeah. if Putin came to me tomorrow and was like, "I'll kill you," or you can write propaganda speeches, I it would take me a second. I would yeah, have to think about that. I'm just gonna point out the fact that they were not being watched by the Fire Nation consistently. The Fire Nation came around once in a while. I was like, "What are your weapons now? Give it to us." They had plenty of time where they could have been like, "Okay, we're gonna abandon the temple." He spent so much time making that a home for his kids. His kids okay, the his Fire Nation flying. The Fire Nation came like what right after his family started living there. Come on, you didn't get time for that. I think you're putting a little too much responsibility on this poor old man with he's with not children old. that he needs to take care of. Shoulders. I think that he needed to take responsibility since he was an adult, and he didn't need to help the Fire Nation in the war effort. He didn't need to, but you know, it was a cushy job. Was People it cushy? Have done worse. The war war minister was picking, coming at his door and knocking him over all the time. He Come made on. weapons as and when he wanted them. You know, he was left alone by the Fire Nation, had this whole ass tumble to himself and his buddies. That's a pretty cushy job. People have done worse for less. Do I know who else wanted weaponry? The Earth Kingdom. What are the Earth Kingdom doing? But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying, I sympathize with the man, okay? Because you know, don't sympathize with war marketeers, with war mongers. This is a lot of idealism coming from a place of like no understanding. You have no understanding. I have sympathy. I, I have sympathy for the position that he was in. I, I don't. 
He was a he bad says man. living in Canada, never having seen a war because we are people of peace. We what we need to do is get you conscripted, then we'll see what you do. First of all, no. Second of all, he was a victim of war. I understand that. But he wasn't even a victim of war. He was a victim of a flood. And he chose, okay, Fire Nation, hey, want some weapons? It's not like he went and sought them out. I feel like he he was a decently educated man. I feel like he would have known that the Fire Nation kind of holds the temples. Mm. Okay, we got to move on from genocide. And we're going to take a break. Yeah, we're going to take a quick little break. Back. Bye. Bye. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm going to stop this. And we're back with Let Me Water at That Caucus after that short break. We are, short. Finally, we are finally done from our heated discussion about the mechanist, and we're ready to continue. Okay, um... I'm gonna skip the next one because I like the third one better. Okay. Um, the what we have next is the Bossing Say situation. The conspiracy of Bossing Say, including the Daily, the Council of Five, and the Earth King himself. The gaslighting of the entire city. Okay. One thing that I will say about the situation that a lot of people don't realize: the Earth King took the crown when he was three years old. And I feel like not enough people have realized that about his character development and the fact that he, oh, was, I being, didn't know that. he was being gaslit from a child. Mm. Like he was a baby when he first took the throne. And that makes sense to him not knowing anything. Because like mm. his rearing was taken control by Long Feng. So Long Feng had control of him since he was three years old. So that makes sense as to why he would be unknowing about so many things. Yeah, I get that. Um, I think that, okay, I think... It's one of those situations where you're just so used to other people knowing what's better that even when you come into your own and maybe you do have ideas, you're just stuck in that position of they know better than me. I should listen to them. I actually have a story that's like not not specifically related, but a little related. Okay. Mm-hmm. So as we know, I'm somewhat of a new driver. Like I've been driving a little, but like I'm still, if someone's in the passenger seat being like, this is what you need to do. My instinct is just turn off the brain and just listen to what they're saying. Because, you know, for a while, I was like, do I turn left or right? And how do I do that? And am I capable of shifting lanes? Like, I, I wasn't, right? So whatever someone in the passenger seat, seat would tell me is right. Anyway, I'm driving with my grandfather to go pick up food. I think I already told you the story, but yeah. mm-hmm. podcast story. I'm driving with my grandfather to go pick up food, and I'm about to turn left. And, okay, the basic thing when you're turning left is if you're already past you know, the, the place you're supposed to stop and the light turns red, you go, you already, you go. Cause you're already past the line. You're in the middle of the road. You have to turn, but my grand, the light turned red. I was getting ready to go. He was like, no, no, stop. And you know, the smart part of me should have just been like, no, it's okay. I got this and turn, but my, I don't know how to drive instinct brain was like, okay, I'm just going to listen to what he said, backed up a tiny bit and then watched in terror at, for the next, like, five or six minutes as the people going left did their very best not to hit me I was terrified that someone was going to hit me and I think that's a little bit how it is because like you automatically like shrink back into that I don't know what I'm doing even when you do especially Mm -hmm. when that's the way that 
I'm assuming he's been brought up. He's never been allowed the independence to do what he has to do or make decisions for himself. It's always been someone else being like, I know better than you. And while they may or may not, you know, he is still the king. It's his authority at the end of the day, right? But mm-hmm. he's never been made to feel it like it is his place. Okay. <laughs> yes. And a major part of the conspiracy in Bashingse was the Daily Agents. Which, oh, yeah. Which, for those of you who don't know, were established by Avatar Kiyoshi because the government, because the officers of Bossingse were under the control of the nobility and the Earth King had like a lot of different people controlling one simple thing so it was easier for she was like okay I'm gonna give you one police force that is under the Earth King's control and that was so it's just the good intentions lead to horrible Horrible things horrible things no yeah so essentially what happened is when you put one person in charge of the entire police force the power goes a little to their head just, just it wasn't to the earth king's head it was to long feng the secretary of Bazinze, yeah, the regent. Yeah, sorry and especially when he also had the ear of the king he basically had all the power of this giant fortress of a city in his beady little eyes beady little hands jesus and then he wanted some more, so he conspired to what kill the king. I think he did that, right? Uh, no, he was conspiring to basically keep the king under his control to kill the oh. avatar. Oh yeah, fair enough. But yeah, there is no war in Bossing Say. Yeah, and Judy and all her little girls are being oh. brainwashed. Can, can we just take a second to appreciate how incredibly fucked up that is? Yeah, all these young women being taken and brainwashed and mind-controlled. None of them were older than, like, 22, 23. And I think, mm-hmm. Judy, I could have placed her at 17 or 18. Okay. I feel like she looked a bit older because she had a lot of she had a lot of stress lines on her face. Well, she was stressed. At most, she's, like, 21. But I was just... Like, they sat her down in the cell and fucking hypnotized her into believing all of this propaganda. And the moment she questioned it, she was, what, like, thrown away and replaced? I No, she was put back into re-education. She was put right. back into brainwashing, and she came back and acted like nothing happened. Like, I... That would be illegal. That is illegal. That, ha- that has to be something illegal. Not in the Earth Kingdom. Not in the Earth Kingdom. <laughs> Can you just imagine having, like, your your brain, stri- like, okay, Get Out. Get Out depicted this whole situation as the most fucked up thing on the planet. And it just casually exists in the Avatar <laughs> Yeah, it is, I feel like it wasn't really casual. It was more like, yeah, the Dai Li is evil. They're brainwashing. It was never properly addressed. It was just a, a small part of the much bigger puzzle. And I just, that was the part that messed me up the most. The fact just that a, there was women in the Earth Kingdom who were being mind controlled? Just people in the Earth Kingdom, especially women, because I feel like that, that's a whole message by itself that like this big powerful man was like brainwashing these women to think exactly what he wanted to, them to think and didn't give them the ability to make opinions or decisions for themselves. Like that's a whole message in yeah. of itself. Kyoshi would have hated that. Mm-hmm. But th- I don't know, man. Like that was to me the most fucked up part of it all. Cause like the rest of it, I can conceptually get how it all happened and how it could be justified in a person's head. But like, okay, yeah, we can justify, you know, 
po- imposing our own belief system on this king. Like he's a baby. He doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> I can justify like believing myself to be the only person who knows what is right for this kingdom. Therefore, I instruct the Dai Li to do what are probably, you know, bad things. But in my head, I'm, I'm doing what is best for the greater good. But how do you justify stripping a person of their ability to form opinions? I, I don't know. I don't know how that's justified. In a I feel it because women don't have rights. Yeah, that's, that's point blank, period. I'm standing right here. I'm no, in the Earth right in the Earth Kingdom, they didn't. I I don't even think that's all right. It's just, it, okay, maybe, you know, there was a lot of sexism, but to, to completely strip her and make her a husk of a person, it, it's terrifying to me. I'm sorry. I yeah, can. and if you've read the comics, you know that Judy was placed as the interim ruler of Basingse when Azula left. She was like, I'm going to put you in charge because you're mind-controlled. She wouldn't do any bullshit. Azula, you psychotic little girl. Yeah, Azula is basically putting this woman. <laughs> this woman what? with no opinions in charge of an entire like city. She, the, the, the judgment part of her brain doesn't exist. I, I... Yeah. I don't even know what that part is. It's not, it might be the hippocampus. It's the frontal know. lobe. The prefrontal? Or, or is just the frontal or the prefrontal? Frontal. Okay, well, the only part of the brain I know is the hippocampus. But uh, so I just, I, I pull that out. I pull that out as, yeah. you know, I did psychology. Yeah, did you, do you know the, um, the theory about Longfang being a eunuch? Why? Why is it a theory? Okay, Why base, is that necessary? Okay, basically it's taking into consideration the role of eunuchs in Imperial China. Like, they were placed in charge of, like, prince regents or young princes in the place where in the place where their parents are dead because they would not be able to usurp the throne because they can't have kids, so they can't really usurp the throne. So a lot of the, like, lower nobility who wanted jobs within the Forbidden City would have to be eunuchs in order to hold political positions so they wouldn't usurp the emperor. So the theory is that Long... a bit extreme. Yeah, the theory is that Longfang is a eunuch, and that's why Azula's like, you have no power. What are you going to do? You can't lead this kingdom. You have no balls. <laughs> I feel so bad for people that, like, had to have that happen. Because, that you know, nowadays we just have a vasectomy or something. Well, Though to... I suppose that can be reversed. Yeah, a eunuch is more like cutting off the balls as a child. No, I, I I know what it is. I'm just like, that seems so painful in comparison to a snip snip. Yeah, to be, yeah, a eunuch. Which, yeah, I see, I see it happening. Long Personally, I don't see it. He had too much confidence for a person that doesn't have balls. But you don't need balls to have confidence. Eh, men do. I feel, I feel like he just like men base their entire personalities over how like hard big their dick is. Like I, but I, I feel, I you can have a big dick without balls. It's true. And I feel like he placed more structure into his physical prowess as a as an earthbender. He's a very good earthbender, and as like his like brain because he was very smart. I feel like Long Feng was very smart. I don't disagree. Because I feel like that's the thing with a lot of like fandoms. They're willing, they take their villains and they're like, oh, the villain is so dumb. But no, a lot of villains are very smart. Most are. You have to be because, especially when you compare them to like the hero usually has all of a, all of these physical powers or you will be, we don't often, in my opinion, that's where like writing sort of fails for me, where the hero has, you know, all of the, the, 
what's the word I'm looking for? The, is it the ethos? Emotional? Okay. I don't know. I don't know what I you're know. trying to say. I don't know what they have all of the um they have the heart, right? But they don't always have the brains to go along with it, with it. And so that's, you know, supplemented with physical prowess. Mm-hmm. They're really strong or they have powers or whatever. Whereas the villain is usually just like this ordinary scientist dude who's like building these massive weapons, you know? So the villain usually has to be very smart to some, uh, to combat, you know, the, I don't know. Yeah. I'm like trying to make a point. But, but I feel I like a to. lot of people within the fandom, especially for Avatar, they don't understand that Fire Lord Ozai was an incredibly powerful firebender and that he was also incredibly intelligent, blah, 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 blah. Not incredibly, but he had a decent amount of intelligence on his brain. It's always easier to like make a villain seem less powerful. <laughs> Therefore, you can degrade him a little more. But like, what? It, like, I don't know. Villains are the best part of the story. Why would you want to dumb them down? Like, Aang is so boring. He's a baby. Aang is so boring, but we have like Fire Lord Ozai here who like calls himself the Phoenix King, puts on a whole theatrical production. He was dramatic. Abuses his children. Like that's so interesting. Like I don't know. Ozai was the Joker versus the Batman. The Batman is boring as hell. He lives in a cave and gets no sleep. The Joker, like has fun and blows shit up and yeah. kills superman oh, and the, so not superman kills lois just because he can and the joke the joker has a girlfriend so what are you gonna do about that batman yeah, the joker's getting getting pussy every night okay <laughs> yeah. so basingse the city of basingse has a lot of issues yeah not even to bring up the class situation of the poor people being suffering from the rich people and like the freaking lower ring of basingse yeah, that's a... A literal slum. <laughs> that's like almost a replication of what we're told um, third world countries are. It literally was. The Earth Kingdom is a third world country. Yeah, like the rich people are super, super rich and they live these luxurious, gorgeous lives and the poor people yeah, are... At the Bossing Say Fancy Lady Day Spa. Food. At the Bossing Say Fancy Lady Day Spa. That's where they're hanging out. Yeah, the poor people gotta like eat dirt because they can't afford food. It's a whole thing. And then the earthbenders have nothing to bend because all the dirt is eaten. <laughs> Just this vicious cycle of, you know, poor uh, poverty. Yeah, earthbending poop. Jesus Christ. This is all moving on. We're moving on. We're moving okay. on. Uh, what do you want to do? Child soldiers or imperialism? Uh, it's imperialism. Okay, so imperialism. Obviously, a core theme of the show. The Fire Nation is imperial, power. Yeah. So imperialism. What do we think? Bad? Good? Interesting? I think um, like the show definitely project not projected, but showed it to be a very awful, evil thing. And you know, it can be. I feel like in all situations, imperialism has been bad. It's mostly bad. The thing is that a lot of people, I think, confuse um, what's the word I'm looking for? Ah, I don't have words today. They confuse imperialism for just progress and evolution. Mm-hmm. A lot of people do that where they're like, or oh, sorry, no, here, I got the word. They confuse imperialism for industrialism. Okay, yeah. A lot of people do that. And I don't think you can have industrialism without imperialism. It's a lot like how people do it today, where they're like, you have to have a capitalist society. Otherwise, how are we going to progress? Like, no, mm-hmm. you can have one without the other. 
but I feel like industry, like especially in our world, inherently has a piece in imperialism. Yes. Because if we look at like something that I looked at this year was how India became destabilized once Britain created these ways to do because like India was a major component in mining and creating things like fabric and spices. And those kind of required a lot of skilled artisans to do flower to do like fabric and spices and stuff like that. And the, the entire reason India began to descend and a lot of parts of India began to fall to the British Empire is because the British created ways to create meh, fabric, but at a much faster pace. And that destroyed the economy and that allowed them to invade. So I feel like imperialism and industrialism have a hand in hand impact with each other. That's fair, but I don't think, because I think a lot of, when I say a lot of people, I don't mean like everyone, I just mean like a couple mm-hmm. people that I've, you know, seen opinions online and stuff. I feel like people try to convince each other that it, like industrialism cannot happen without like, like it's a necessary the evil, evil backbone. It's of, a necessary yeah. evil. Okay. Yeah, I see that. And often it's not necessarily imperialism, but it's like capitalism and the, um, the uh, what's the word I'm looking at? I, I don't have words today. The um, I... suffering, war. Yeah, the suffering of like the poor, like, oh, for example, like slavery. It's like, oh, we wouldn't have, America wouldn't have gotten this far without, you know, having all of this like labor, lab, uh, labor that didn't have to be paid, this unpaid labor. Like we wouldn't have gotten this far. Oh, they wouldn't or, have. Well, yeah, but. I just, like, there would be no progress without, you know, slay, uh, sweatshops. We wouldn't have clothes without sweatshops. Like, like yeah, it would be more expensive, and you'd probably have to savor your clothes a little more than just the season that it's fa- it's fashionable in. But I don't think that means that, I don't know, I we, we devalue people in order to overvalue material. Yes, yes snaps yeah. okay yeah that's yes. that's my whole point point. and imperialism again we see the destruction of parts of the earth kingdom the the air nomads are gone and the southern water tribe so yeah that's the imperialism within the show any other oh and thing? i think uh i think that a fun part that we saw when ang was going to school in the fire nation mm-hmm. um just the amount of like i don't want to say propaganda but like it's it's that concept of the victor writes history yes i think like this there, I, is, there is also propaganda within the show mm-hmm, there absolutely is i don't think that was necessarily i mean it, it was to a certain extent because they're grooming these kids to want to support the fire nation right um despite what they may have opinions of or whatever to, to just stomp out all of that goodness and empathy that they have inside of them <laughs> but uh just that that concept of the erasure of the actual history that happened I think that's a big part of mm-hmm. you know just history in general not that that's in, directly connected to imperialism but it's there it is I feel like it is yeah I think that's yeah. all we have to say okay big, these big concepts for this like tiny little children's show okay the next kind of much smaller concept would be child soldiers because we have a lot of those small. we have a lot of those Oh god, too many. Yeah. Um, uh, let's talk about the gang. Yes, they're all child soldiers. <laughs> um, Ang is a child soldier. He was told he had to be one starting. Well, no, seven. I feel no. 
I feel like a lot of people think that the Air Nomads were going to send him to war at the age of 12. They were like, no, we have to begin, er, we have to begin Avatar training. So once you're of age, you can stop a war. So I feel like they just wanted him to become it was an always Avatar. With the, with with the, the intention of him, yeah. of him becoming a soldier. Even if they did him becoming a soldier at 16 or 17, that's still kind of... Yeah, that, that is indoctrination. But to be fair, all of them were kind of trained in. That's true. Um, Katara, Sokka. Sokka was like training to be a soldier since like age five. I don't think like he was. Thing. I think he. I think he chose to do that. Yeah, I didn't say he was. He was being trained, but and he was also training all the other kids. Yeah, he, he, was... he was creating conflict. <laughs> he was forcing those kids. He was like, "I was a soldier, and you have to be." And then there was all like the Fire Nation kids. They're all being trained to, or at least want to be soldiers. No, the the actual child soldiers in the Fire Nation would be Zuko, May, Azula, Tylee. Hmm. those are all child soldiers they were on the battlefield <laughs> they were running they were sieging the city of Bossing Say. yeah and then there's all the the freedom fighters yeah th- those are child soldiers I think just it's like when the war takes over everything like that I mm-hmm. think kids just automatically assume that's the only path for them right like who's gonna sit around and become a lawyer while the fire nation wants to kill everybody you know mm. who's gonna who's gonna perfect the art of playing the piano when you know you could your fingers would be could be chopped off at any given second i feel like there was people <laughs> still doing things no there was there was a, there was peace i i i give oh, that oh but... who had an apprentice who was learning how to become a fortune teller there was a kid there was those kids in the healing huts learning how to become healers, which I guess could be construed as war, but they were they were learning how to heal. Yeah, I just... Oh, yeah, also, also uh, Suki was Appreciate. a child soldier. She was literally a warrior. Oh, yeah, all of the Kyoshi warriors. The Kyoshi warriors were child soldiers. Oh, my God. Can you... But I, I'm just like... Can you imagine having that concept in your head, like, that the only thing that would be worthy at this time for you to be doing is perfecting the art of killing another person like I just and I know that happens in a lot of places even now but like I don't know my biggest worry is graduating university and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. figuring out what my quote-unquote passion in life is no passion no vision no devotion yeah, I don't so, know what that accent was. Sorry, it wasn't an accent. <laughs> yeah, so we have a lot of child soldiers in this show, and I understand from a narrative point of view, having kids be your main character for kids, blah blah blah. But still, they're child soldiers. Yeah, they're child soldiers. <laughs> yeah, true. And I know you don't watch the Owl House, but like, I the finale of season two just came out, and I watched it yesterday, and it came out. Mm-hmm. And. The child in this show, she was a 14-year-old girl, and she's getting mad at this girl for trying to send her away when they're about to do a big battle. I'm like, you're a child. Like, she's about to send an 8-year-old and a 14-year-old, like, I need to get them to safety, I need to get them away. And she's like, I'm not a helpless kid anymore. I'm like, yes, you are. You're 14. Go. Go go hide. <laughs> go be safe. Like, don't join this war. Don't don't oh, God. try to overthrow the emperor. You don't need to do this. Go. Be, be by yourself. Take care of Such your brother. Come on yeah it's like the concept of like I have to do this like you know you have to grow up before you need to you don't get to have a childhood at all like did Katara have any sort of childhood did Sokka like I think yeah, they, they were pl- they were having snowball fights yeah. before their mom died 
Yeah, like the moment their mom died, Katara went into like, I have to raise my brother mode. And then Sokka went into, I have to train these kids to be, so I have to train to be a soldier. Then I got to train these kids to be a soldier, to be soldiers. Like, I don't know. I just... The grandma wasn't helping either. She was really enforcing these roles onto the kids. Right. She was like, Katara, it's time for chores. Sokka, go train the five-year-olds. I just... And then, like, Zuko and, I don't know, Zuko definitely didn't have a childhood. He's, like, spent his whole whole childhood being like, Azula tells lies. Azula always lies. Azula, Azula did have a childhood. No, she didn't. I feel like she, I feel like, no, because she got to go to school. She was, like, having That's fun going to school. That's not a childhood. Are <laughs> yeah, you she, kidding me? She went to military school, but still, she got to, like, make friends. She got to hang out. She got to have fun. I don't think she made friends. She made, like, soldiers well, she, she thought she made friends with with she made Tylee henchmen tylee and may she did well, she made henchmen what's the difference between that and any other popular girl group like with well, like regina george yeah she, but those aren't friends okay that's fair it's been proven to be like those, those are not your friends you never yeah, we, we've established that those aren't friends but still i feel like she made her equivalent of friends azula Poor yeah baby. And I, also feel like, I feel so bad for her i feel like toff also had a chance at a childhood yeah, it wasn't a good childhood, but she was still about to have a childhood. Oh, Jesus, my thing's about to fall. Okay. No, you can stay. Um, I, I, okay, yeah, Toph, Toph had more of a childhood, I'll agree, um, mm-hmm. even though she resented every minute of it. Yeah, she had her parents. Her parents were trying her best. We're trying their best. But I think um, what I admire about Toph is her ability to, like, turn on and off her noble persona, her nobility persona. She, like, mm-hmm. She was code switching. It was on and it was off. She was able to like blend in both. She was like, I'm down to get my hands dirty. I'm down, I'm down to sleep in a rock tent in the middle of nowhere, but also like I can put on a fancy dress and know all the words and drink tea at a fancy party and know which spoon to use. Yeah. Which I think is such a useful skill. Okay, while we're on the topic of toff, there's okay. a later subject about cultural appropriation. Toff. In the comments, and in the comics, she acts very petulantly when Aang is sharing a cultural experience that he wants to do because there's this Aeronaut Festival and he's like, doesn't have anyone to celebrate with it. So he's like, I'm going to invite my friends to do this. And like, they're doing the things. And because Aang was a child when all his people died, he doesn't know the meaning of all the rituals. He's just doing them. And Toph gets very petulant about it. She's like, why would you do this if you don't know what you're doing? Why would you? And it's, she's being very rude. Yeah. And I have to say that about Toph. How old was she when this happened? Well, still the same age. Because it was oh, like okay. a like a little bit after what happened. So hmm. I I was the same way when like concerning my own religion. So if you, like, so if your friend who's who suffered through genocide and doesn't know things about his <laughs> culture, you're gonna be like, why are you doing this? It's so dumb. No, I would say that to like my a lot of like not my friends. I didn't have any friends who were like hardcore Muslims like my kind of hardcore Muslim, like my particular sect. But I remember like always being to my mom or like my grandma when they wouldn't have answers for me. I'd be like, you dumb, dumb dumbs. You be doing shit and you don't know what you're doing. Like, what if you break to Satan, but you don't know? And I, was like, <laughs> I don't think they were. Uh, you know what I mean? Because like they didn't necessarily have answers to everything. A lot of it is like blind faith, right? Um, so I can see why Top would be like, why are you doing this when you don't know what it means? But also I see Aang like, hey, 
babe. Okay, I don't, I didn't have time to learn everything from the monk Gyatso who died well before his time when I was frozen in a ball for a hundred years. But like, yeah. just humor me, okay? Like, I, a lot of it, a lot of the like religious and cultural thing is more for comfort than it is for the actual purpose of it. In my well, opinion. to be fair, they learned that the festival did have an actual purpose. Most, most of them do have purposes. I know, but, but they in the comic, basically what happened was that Yang Chen established that festival so a spirit wouldn't destroy a town. And because the air nomads were gone for 100 years, the spirit came back and was like destroying the town because no one was doing the festival. So yeah. Love that for them. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's quite, it's, it's a pretty like basic 12-year-oldness-ness. Yeah. 12 year old yeah to be like dum dumb you don't have answers for me on every single thing that you do in your life i still don't have answers i my mom refuses to let me cut my nails after the sunsets do i know why no nope. because then you well, won't be I... able to see you will to cut your finger off come on really i'm gonna cut my finger off with a nail cutter yeah you could if you want to if you try to enough that's that's a unique form of torture right there um yeah or like why you can't i don't know vacuum after dark or why you have to throw trash away like specifically you know i don't know there's a lot of things like do i understand why no well like can you doing them even after my mom's not there to police it probably a lot of it is just you do it because you're told to yeah so uh, yeah the comic explores a lot of cultural issues especially with Aang. love that (laughs) No, because there's this, like, Avatar fan club, which later becomes the Air Acolytes that we see in Legend of Korra. And there's this particular group of these Avatar fan club who shaved their heads and did tattoos, which Aang was pissed about. He was like, no, you're not tattooing yourself. But I feel like that's an obvious thing. Like, that's like, I don't know if you tattoo the, like a swastika on your arm, like you know that that's gonna have some kind of repercussion. Like to be fair, yeah. the air the airbenders were dead for a hundred years. They didn't have much cultural references. Aang is a celebrity. Well, Aang, well, they don't know the meaning of the tattoos. They just know he has them, and they're like, we want to do it because the Avatar. I'm sure that like once he killed, not killed, um, stopped Ozai, he was ready to sort of spread the word. Spread the good word of the air nomads. <laughs> Yeah, he he, 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 he was, was evangelizing. He's like going door to door. <laughs> Have you heard the poetry of Guru Lahima? He's freaking Zahir. He's the reason Zahir learned about her. Him. <laughs> I thought Guru Lahima was a girl. Boy, because he he was from the Northern Air Temple. I I could have sworn I heard him refer to her as a she. Okay, never mind. Maybe I just saw La- thought Lahima was a feminine name. I'm so sorry. I don't gender stereotype normally. That's not true. I do it all the time. Yeah, I you do. A- <laughs> um, no, yeah, I think that's... It's an interesting... Fuck, I forgot what we were on. We're on themes. That's cultural <laughs> appropriation. No, I don't mean I forgot what we were on. I meant like I forgot this thing we were talking about before i do you think it was do you think it was cultural appropriation for azula to wear the kiyoshi makeup yeah but like i don't think i don't think she cared but not that i don't think she cared but i don't think she meant to like like for her it was just a disguise rather than like a mockery or anything so that makes it slightly better slightly slightly freaking suki is like explaining like the gold thread represents this and azula's like i'm gonna wear this bitch's clothes 
because I think like when a lot of the a lot of cult, like cultural appropriation not that it needs quotation marks but like it does for the version I'm using in my head you need to have the intention behind it like if a white woman wears a sari am I going to be like that's cultural appropriation probably not if she's wearing it and mocking like women for for something I'm going to be like bitch you don't understand like the background of any of this you know like go back a second do a little research mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like in I think it depends on like what you're doing, the intention, all that kind of stuff. Like in general, when I see a white woman wear a sari, it doesn't happen often, but I, I saw it once in middle school. Um, I'm just like, wow, it's so cute. Go, oh, you look adorable. That's... Go little rock star. That's not the right tune. It's not, but that's fine. Let's keep on going. Okay. Next, we have weight of the world syndrome not that that's an actual syndrome i made it up which ang definitely has ang yes he has that weight of the world and justifiably so because he is literally keeper of balance bridge between the spirits and humans bender of all four elements incarnation of good and made him very annoying the last airbender <laughs> made him very very annoying i don't think he was annoying <laughs> He was. You this just, whole you just don't like kids. You just don't no, like kids. I, 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 I don't like kids, but it has nothing to do with it. He had this like concept of only ever knowing what was best. And okay, take for example the whole the 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 dilemma of killing Ozai. Every time someone gave him an answer he didn't like, he was like, fuck you, we're moving on to the next avatar. That's fair though. Like he, that's of, not. He, no, he behaved as though because he was the avatar, only he knew what the right answer was. Only he knew what was best. If Katara or Sokka gave him advice or told him to like, hey, slow down a second, like take a breath, he would be like, no, you don't understand. Was like, I was like, yeah, they get well, it a little. They don't wrong, understand what it's like. They don't. They, they they do have a concept of it. They're on this journey with you. Like they are one of the four people and that are honestly to save the world. I'm gonna understand. I understand where Aang was coming from when he was randomly dismissing avatars because some of them gave bullshit answers. Like when no, Roku, no, when Roku was like, "Be decisive." Like he he he's trying to make a decision, but he <laughs> needs some facts. And then <laughs> Kyoshi gave a proper answer, but like she was like. I would kill Chin. She, no, Kyoshi didn't give a proper answer. Kyoshi was like, I would kill Chin the Conqueror again. I'm like, this isn't about Chin the Conqueror. This is about Ozai the Fire King. Like, fine, move it was, on. But it was, and then that Quirk, was the same thing. No, Quirk was also useless. He was like, I was a go with the flow avatar. Just go with the flow. Girl, give some advice. He's asking for advice. He's asking for some opinions. And all these people are just giving him like fitting <laughs> idioms and shit. They're not actually helping him. Because Yang they weren't trying to make the decision for him. Yang know, Chen made the decision for like. Try I feel like, but Yang Chen made the most, she made them, she acknowledged his fears, acknowledged that he was putting his spiritual duty. She she was the only one giving him proper advice about the situation. I don't Yang, know. I just, I don't, I don't like the way that, and it happens so often with like the leader of, okay, pause for a second. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. I just think that he was so, he, he was very upsetting in the way that he just behaved like only he knew what he was doing, as in other people's advice didn't matter. Other but I feel like that only started to happen in the third season. I, I don't think that's true, because the moment he discovered the gravity of the situation, he just like, 
But she like, like jumped into it head first. And whenever but I feel like that would only like... happened in the third season, because in the first season, the gravity of the situation hit when it was like this huge of the north. And he was like, Yue, I need help. Katara, I need help. And then he went to the the ocean and the moon. He's like, I need help. And then like in the second season, I feel like he was still kind of finding his ground. He was trying to find his masters. He was trying to get help from other people. I feel like in the third season, when he died, he realized that once he died, the world lost hope. I feel like that's when the weight of the world really hit him. And he was like, no, this is my burden to take on. This is my Which, thing. Look, I, I get to a certain extent, but it happens so often with like leaders of a group where they fail to understand that you're in a team. I feel You've like picked Aang, these people. Aang wasn't the leader of the group, though. No, not the leader, but like the main character of the group mm-hmm. is like the the person who has the most responsibility. Usually, it's the leader in this situ- situation. It's Aang, um, but like you picked this team. You have this group of people around you for a reason. You found value in them at some point. Now, why are you dismissing their thoughts and their ideas and their opinions? I feel like he didn't dismiss them. He was like, you don't understand where I'm coming from, which they didn't. Because none of them had an understanding of air nomad cultures. None of them had Hmm. None of them had an understanding of how he was raised and his opinions on life and death. That was for one thing. That was for killing Ozai, but it happened more than just that one time. When Katara was like, hey, you need to relax a little. You just died. Give it a second give it a second relax and heal and she was like no you don't know where i'm like how hard this is for me you have no she was like i watched you fucking die and i saved you okay yeah i have a little bit of an idea of how how we sit well he actually died he died yeah but she was like i have a little understanding of the gravity of the situation just relax a little okay i'm the one who healed you i have an understanding of what's going on here i i don't know and when 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 katara harbored and and absolutely justified grudge against Zuko and a mistrust of Zuko and he was like you I, or or when she was like I need to go and like confront this man who killed my mother and she he was like I'm disappointed in you Katara like, no he didn't what? say that I, I feel like he insinuated that no okay? he was he was like preaching forgiveness he was like I don't think killing him is what you need I don't think that's going to give you closure on the situation sure but when I don't know. I just, he, he, and you're right. This happened after he died. He just got on this high horse and refused to see anybody else as equal to him or his opinion. Like or- he did. He did. No, because if he had, first and foremost, he would have listened to Katara when she was like, bitch, who just died. Give it a second. Okay. That was right after he died. I feel like he has a bit of, he was traumatized. He was like, <laughs> he, he's, he, the earth kingdom fell because he died. And I feel like he internalized that. Uh, whatever I, I don't know the second was like when Katara was like I don't trust Zuko and he was like shut up you don't know what you're talking about I've known him I know him no that's not what happened that's kind of what happened no like he no one trusted Zuko until Zuko saved them and then he was still on thin ice and then no he went- because everyone else like started to trust Zuko after a period of time but Katara was still on the fence for much longer than everybody yeah else. but I feel like Zuko I feel like Aang wasn't the one to come and come up and sip her it was Zuko who was like hey why don't you like me and then like I feel like no yeah one else... but it was Aang who sort of just treated it treated her mistrust I don't with think tri- as a trivial thing. I don't think he where are you remembering this give me your I... give me your sources because I don't remember this he was just I 
I wish she had taken a second to just have a conversation with her and be like, look, I, I totally get where you are. Like, I get where you are with him and I get why you're not, you know, totally on board with this. To be fair, they and were- And he didn't even discuss bringing him into the group yes, with he did. any he, of them. He asked them each, he was like, yeah, I'm fine, Zuko, you can come, but I have to ask these for my friends. And Toph was like, yeah. Zuko was like, I mean, Sokka was like, yes. And then Katara was like, I, if everyone else is doing it, then yes. Uh, Aang explicitly asked each of their permissions if he could join the group. Maybe I'm just like looking at Aang with very dark colored glasses. <laughs> you just hate Aang. I, I do. I kind of do. I just, I get, I get the weight of the world syndrome, but I just, I don't understand why when you have chosen these people to help you and support you in this journey, you would all of a sudden just disregard their opinions. I disregard. Don't think he was disregarding them. He- I think he was devaluing them at the very least no i feel like they were disregarding him and in the fire lord killing situation i feel like they were disregarding his morals they weren't like hey ang why are you uncomfortable with this they're like no you need to kill him to be fair like they suffered the war their entire lives and zuko faced abuse at the hands of the man like i can see why he wanted him dead yeah but still i feel like they weren't listening to him that's fair i still don't like ang I know you don't like Aang, but I like uh, him. It's not going to change. I like but him. Okay. He's, just, um, he's just a little guy. Whatever. Um, okay, I think we kind of all read, next on the list we have cultural appropriation, but did we already kind of discuss that? Or yes, we did. We, okay, I'm done so with that. We're going to skip that. We're going to move to my favorite. No, actually no, the next one my favorite, but abuse. Yes. It's bad. Yes, we have the colonial abuses of the concentration camps that Earthbenders were put in. Oh yeah, that was really bad. We have the colonial abuses that Hama faced in a freaking prison designed oh, to literally d- destroy her people. Oh man. Um, we had the colonial abuses that like the refugees of the Earth Kingdom suffered. Mm-hmm. We, <laughs> we have yep. the, the abuse that individuals faced at the hands of their father. Mm-hmm. And mother, I, I, though I think it was more trauma for mo- for mom and abuse from dad. Yeah, but like that's a mixed package of really just bad stuff. We have the abuse that May and Ty Lee faced at the hands of Azula and the and the hands of their parents. Uh, we have the uh, what else do we have? Is that kind of it? I think that might be. Oh, we have the abuse that Ang faced, like just in general from the people. Yeah, everyone is so mean to Ang for what? I just, yeah. Like that old fisherman who was like, you abandoned the world. Like, you don't know this. You don't know the story. Like, why are you it's just, being... It's a lot of abuse. Like, why Why was this old man yelling at a 12-year-old? Like, come on. What, what are you getting from this, fisherman? Go go on your boat. Just a lot of abuse. Okay, wait. Okay. Let's break this down a little. With the abuse that the GDs faced from the Blang Fang. Okay. Is gaslighting considered abuse? Because Zuko yeah. and Iroh gaslit Jet for a very long time. Yeah, they, they definitely did. Jet, <laughs> Jet was abused. He was like, they are a fire-bending duo. And they, they were like, what you, I'm making no, tea, bro. They were literally the Fire Lord's like, family. And they were like, no, we don't know what you're talking about. You're confused. He's like, I, what, do you, what do you mean? You want to fight? Let me pull out my sword. Because Jet deserved better. Like, he was being... Everyone everyone was abusing him. The world abused Jet. 
the abuse that Appa faced at the hands of the sandbenders. Oh. And the and the beetle-headed merchants and the circus. And then the abuse that the Kyoshi warriors faced at the hands They were of... put in prison. Yeah. The abuse that I don't know who else. Suki face maybe at the boiling water. The boiling rock, yeah. Mm. She was she yeah. I don't know if that's considered abuse or just incarceration. Like I'm not sure. She, I don't think I don't think the Fire Nation really respects their prisoners. That's fair. And especially Earth Kingdom prisoners, Earth Kingdom non-Brender teenage girl prisoners. Yeah, that's true. Okay, wait, hold up. So we have discussed Hama at length, but let's just let's just be very clear. She was a victim of abuse who never healed. She never. deserved better. She was she deserved she deserved way better. Um Zuko and Azula faced very different kind. Well, I, th- I find that so interesting, honestly. Mm-hmm. How Zuko and Azula faced such polar opposite types of abuses. Mm-hmm. Where like Zuko was just constantly put down and disrespected and you know told that he was worthless and a failure, which is but like horrible, Azula- but Azula mm-hmm. relied on the fact that she was perfect. Like she needed to be perfect. But that, yeah, that's it. Zuko faced a very like outright. It's very clear that my father hates me kind of abuse. But Azula faced a my father loves me and has all these expectations for me, and because he loves me, I must live up to these expectations, however high and impossible to achieve they are. Which is, in my opinion, a more difficult form of abuse to deal with. Which to me explains why Zuko. Zuko was able to heal because he was isolated from him, because he was with Iroh, because he had the time and the mm-hmm. opportunity to, to learn and heal. And because he had, you know, that initial upbringing from his mother that that was entirely filled with love and compassion. That's all true. But I think Azula, the reason that she ended up on a psychotic break rather than an introspective, just like realization, which could have been one path for her, but I think the reason that she didn't was because she never understood what was happening to her. She never grasped that she was being abused because to her, it wasn't abuse. It was, he loves me and he has expectations for me, which is what happens to a lot of people because it's not that your parents mm-hmm. like don't love you or or they do love, like, it's not that they, they just love you in a very unhealthy way. And therefore you're not able to see that as, a harmful thing to you and when you when you when you take a second and you're like maybe this isn't healthy for me you end up beating yourself up because you're like they're my parents how dare i think this about them mm-hmm. but yeah yes yeah it's why i feel a lot of sympathy for azula and less for zuko because okay. he had a lot of not 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 less i feel a lot of sympathy for zuko but i just feel like he had more pathways to redemption than she had that's fair yeah opportunities which is why when he uh, sided with Azula and let Azula kill, which we call him Aang, even though I'm not gonna lie, that was a really fun scene for me because I hate him. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. Joking. Um, he was. I, I I had no sympathy for him in that moment. Like I understand what made him make that decision and like the past abuse that led him to make that decision. But when Ira was like, I like. I'm done with you now. Like, I'm done helping you. I am done trying to be your moral compass. I was like, yes, Iroh, I support you. Iroh, my baby. <laughs> Iroh is not your baby. He's an old man. He's a baby. <laughs> He's just little. 
and Katara and Sokka face. But I, okay, I, can we call like the um? I, I don't want to call it grooming, but like sort of the protection that Toph's parents made, like the what's the word? Like they sort of like put her in a box and didn't allow her to explore. Can we call that abuse, or was this just that overprotectiveness? I feel like at a certain point it was, but it was very oversheltered. Like they didn't give her any freedom. So it could be yeah, considered so abuse. Unintentional though. So I don't blame the parents. They were just doing their best. Yeah. Poppy and Lou were just trying their best. Were that the, were those their names? Poppy and Lou Beifong, yeah. I don't like Lou Beifong. It doesn't just roll off the, like it rolls off the tongue in a weird way. Why? You like Poppy? Poppy Beifong kind of like feels like a full name. Lou Beifong feels like, I'm insulting the man. And I don't mean that. I, I just mean that because like that first name feels more like a prefix than it does a name. And I know that's just because I'm used to much longer names and it's mm-hmm. like a cultural thing. But like, I don't know. Especially when it's like Poppy and Lou. Like, what? Well, their daughter's name is Toph. I don't know enough about East Asian names mm-hmm. the nomenclature. to say that that was good or bad. But I'm assuming Poppy is not necessarily a very common East Asian name. No, I think they just gave her a nice, like, flower. She's like, Poppy. So, kind of, like, reminds me of Katani Sharma, which... I just think that Poppy was probably a nickname, because she was, like, a flower. That's possible. Because, like, I know a lot of aunties have, like, nicknames. I don't know any aunties that have nicknames. You don't? Okay. I have a bubbly auntie. Isn't that not just her first name? Bubbly. No, Bubbly is a nickname. So what's her name? I don't know. You don't know her name? No, my dad doesn't know her name either. What? <laughs> Isn't that his like cousin or sister or someone? Uh, no, cousin's wife. And he doesn't know Ah, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And I'm pretty sure but they're yeah. divorced now. So Bubbly. <laughs> so Bubbly's not related anymore. Bubbly, auntie. She's gone. She's not so bubbly anymore. I don't know. Maybe she is. Not the, maybe she, I don't know what the divorce was about. Maybe she's free. <laughs> I just mean, you know, divorce doesn't usually make people bubbly. Her name is still After bubbly. After the divorce. <laughs> Your name is not bubbly. You made that very clear. It's her nickname. Well, she, I think she still have it as her nickname. Like She was to respond to the name bubbly. Do you not have any aunties with like nicknames or uncles with nicknames? No, not really. I have like uncles that I just call by Mamu or Mami. Like yeah, that's, just that. That's not a nickname. That's just me. That's their title. That's <laughs> like the closest one. Like you just call one, like you call them by their title and all the rest. You mm-hmm. use their names because they're not as important to you. You know, you give them stature in your life. But mm-hmm. I don't have any nicknames, no. I, like, my dad has a nickname, but it's not because, like, nobody knows what his actual name is. It's a nickname. Like, his name is Mazahir, and everybody calls him Mazu. It's not a nickname. I feel like that is a nickname. (laughs) I mean, it's not one of those, like, nicknames that aren't related to, like, it's not a personality nickname. It's a actual. Also, in, like, in Gilmore Girls, like, one of Emily's friends' name is Honey, and that's a nickname. Or, like, Sweetie. Sweetie, yeah, Rory. Rory. Yeah, like, but you know, the main character of the show. That's related to her name. But I feel like like other nicknames, like where it's like a flower. My cousin has a nickname. I'm not going to say it because I don't want to put her on blast, but she has a nickname. You're fine playing Bubbly Auntie on blast, though. Because I don't know what Bubbly Auntie looks like. What? 
I don't. I never met her. <laughs> you know this woman's nickname, but you you haven't met her. No. This is fascinating. I'm just trying to. I'm trying, trying to think now. You don't have any like cousins with like nicknames or anything like like honey or like sweetie. Mm. Oh. Okay. Yeah. No, I do. Okay. So I didn't know this for the longest time, but one of my grandmother's sisters is called Baby. Yeah. Exactly. <sighs> But, like, that's not her name. I thought that was actually her name, like, Baby Undy. Because everyone calls her Baby Undy. So I thought that was just her name. But Exactly. See, nicknames. I'm pretty sure Poppy would do something like that. that's the only one I know of. Like, in my immediate family, people that I've actually met, because this Baby Undy died a while ago. Oh, Baby Undy. <laughs> She's my grandmother's sister, so she was quite old. Um, um, she's still a baby. Yeah. Yeah, but that, yeah. that's, I'm pretty sure Poppy Bevong would be something like that, where it's like, she's like a flower who brightens up the room, so she's Poppy. Did she brighten up the room? She seemed very timid to me, but okay. Well, she's just a good wife. She, she, I'm going to say it, Poppy Bevong was a great hostess. Like, the avatar blows porridge in her face, and she's like, should we move to the living room for tea? That's, the that's avatar. a good, like, when Aang, like, did the entire burst thing, and there was, like, rice all over her face she was like should we move to the living room for tea for dessert like she's such a good hostess she doesn't uh, even... bro i would have kicked them out i would have been like you would have kicked the avatar out of your ridden. home the avatar out of your home or at least i would have bitch slapped him across his time. the avatar <laughs> yes you would have what's he gonna him? do hurt a little old lady that's hosting it? she wasn't little old she was like middle-aged she was she was a mother oh, she was an sorry. auntie at most she wasn't like a, a, a an elderly woman it's true she was just okay. living her life yeah next on the list we've got respect versus fear so for example ozai and zuko which is um fear and versus arrow and zuko which is respect which is one of my personal favorite themes <laughs> my favorite theme um, is genocide <laughs> i feel like this is a very overt theme this is more of an subtle this is more of a subtle theme. <laughs> I always, I'm, I'm, I'm a slut. Subtle themes. You like these more relationship-based things. Oh, that's true. I feel like we can also have respect versus fear with like Azula. Yes. Azula. Who did Azula respect though? No, I feel like other Azula would be the Ozai in the situation. Like where okay. it's like she has like, except it wouldn't be respect versus fear. It'd be more res- love versus fear. Where like May loves Zuko more than she fears Azula. And, oh yeah, and Chidley Chidley loves May more than she fears Azula. That's fair. So it's just it's like that common theme of how often fear for someone, especially in leadership positions, is confused for respect. So mm-hmm. when someone fears you and is afraid to double cross you or go against what you're saying, that's considered respect. It happens a lot in um, Indian homes, actually, especially in the soap operas. No, because I was just thinking, do you know in the finale when there's like, when Sokka's putting on the voice and he's like, come to the brig for tea and hotcakes for someone's birthday. And like one of the ship members is like, I don't think the, the captain remember my birthday. <gasps> remember that was love the captain they thought the captain loved them but no <laughs> it was Sokka Sokka abused their trust <laughs> I remember that <laughs> I mean honestly that was good by Sokka because like the likelihood of someone having an important event going on 
was high considering how many people there were there Dur- during the middle of a battle where they're about to burn down the earth kingdom like yeah like it could be time. their children like their children's birthday or like they just found out their wife is pregnant or like something the likelihood yeah, of, a, of, a, of an, a significant event happening in someone's life at that time was high imagine um, how cool it would be to have your birthday be like on sozin's comet so like the sky is red that would be so my birthday is on earth day no that's not as cool but like <laughs> if it was like a celestial like every hundred years like your birthday falls on something like that that would be cool like if if my birthday had like a meteor shower i would be like wow that's so cool i'm gonna have a, like a midnight birthday where we can watch a meteor shower i mean once my birthday was on easter i was born as the same day as jesus that was a couple years ago jesus was not born on easter resurrected jesus <laughs> Okay, I'm done. Um, no, but yeah, the just the concept of and it they they didn't hammer it in, but it was very clear. And it it happens a lot in a lot of other shows where they that like the writers confuse it too, where they're like, Oh yeah, they fear you, therefore they respect you. And it's like, no, they don't respect you, given the chance and the opportunity to defy you without consequences, most likely they would. See, like we can also kind of see that with like um what's it called? Omont, like uh, King Bumi versus King Kwe, the Earth King. Mm. Like the people of King Kwe, they don't respect him, but Bumi's people respect him. Even, even they do like his cookie demands or whatever. Yeah, do like those they, they were looking at each other. I remember when, uh, when King Bumi was doing that stuff to Aang initially when the introduction was happening. The guards were like looking at each other, like they were okay? like, "Okay, we respect our king enough to follow through." I was like, we we think this is absolutely insane, but like the guys, the guy's done us a couple solids in the past. We can do this for him. He, he governs our city pretty fairly. So far, we have no complaints. So you know, we can fulfill this one insane demand, mm-hmm. or like a million per day. Yeah. So, yay! That was a good episode that we just did. Yeah, it was. Yeah. There's just... one more if you want to do it. There's world building. Ah, uh, that's fine. That's fine. We're gonna we're gonna leave it. Okay, the world building was good. We'll leave it at that. It was a it was good. There's other people who talk about like it better we, than us. I feel like we did kind of discuss it at the beginning though. Yeah. Like we when did. we talk to keep in mind that it was white people, the whiteies. Remember. Remember they that do white not know don't us know the way doing. we know ourselves. Okay. And that was Let Me Moderate That Caucus, episode 16, about Avatar The Last Airbender, the final part. Unless you guys ask for more, because I will always be willing. Please, no, don't ask. I'd rather you not watch the episode than ask for more Avatar. I no, can't ask, talk about this anymore. Ask for it, and I will make video essays. I will literally do that. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to start actually putting out YouTube videos soon, once we get off our asses and do the work. We, we, we must listen to Kim K's advice. Put in the work, put in the hours, and take what's ours. I said Kim K, not The Rock. Well, I'm I'm quoting The Rock now. Okay, and that was the memoir. Guys, catch us on YouTube, Instagram, and Spotify. Goodbye, and have a good day Bye. from all of us here.